all things Bill O'Reilly. So, if I am correct, this is what a failed presidency looks like. This is what the economy looks like. This is what the border looks like. This is what begging OPEC to, to produce more oil while we now have, you know, however many years high crude oil uh, making Putin rich again. I said it at the time that that pipeline, that waiver that Joe gave Vladimir Putin, we now have record high prices for natural gas. We should be providing our Western European allies and taking care of all of their needs. But no, Vladimir Putin will make that money and get rich. Thank you, Joe Biden. This is what a failed presidency looks like. Um, then we've got now not only the disaster, which is abandoning Americans, day 46, behind enemy lines, and their families, and thousands of green card holders, people that are legally eligible to be here in this country, and our Afghan allies that we promised we'd never abandon. Now they're all, those people will all be dead. The question is, can we ever get our fellow Americans home. Every day that passes, I say the odds get lower. I pray to God I'm wrong. Um, there was a powerful moment with Congressman Jim Banks, who was on the program earlier this week from Indiana. Remember, he served in Afghanistan, asking General Milley if he is embarrassed by the Woodward book. You told uh, the Senate yesterday you hadn't read the, the book or any of the other political books that have come out, but I don't know how anybody could read the Bob Woodward book. I don't know how you could read it and not be greatly embarrassed about its contents, especially in what, how it's related to you. Are you embarrassed by the book? I haven't read the book yet. Um, Are you I embarrassed will. by the portrayals of the book? No doubt you're aware of them. Embarrassed, no. I'm concerned that there's uh, mischaracterizations of me becoming very politicized as an individual and that it's my willingness to become politicized, which is not true. I am trying to stay apolitical, and I believe I am. That's part of my professional ethic, and I'm trying to keep the military, the actual military, out of actual domestic politics. I think that's do you, critical. Do you regret speaking with Bob Woodward? No, I think that it's important for me to speak to the media. All right, so here's where we are. He says he's apolitical, but he's giving interviews to every author, telling about private conversations, even with the president. Uh, he's admitting that, and he admitted yesterday, that, yes, he told his counterpart in China yeah, even I'd even call you and give you a heads up if we're going to have a strike against a hostile regime in an enemy country. He admits that he's having these conversations with Nancy Pelosi. He admits about these loyalty oaths with fellow high-ranking military officers, kind of like a loyalty oath. Bill O'Reilly, simple man. Should General Milley now be relieved of his duties just for what we know he did and admits that he did. Of course. There's no doubt about it. You know, today is the anniversary of the commissioning of the American military, Hannity. I know you know that. You're a historian. George Washington, in 1789, today, formulated the national American military. Up to that point, it was state militias. So this is very ironic on what's happening. So here's what I believe happened. And by the way, I have to compliment you, because last night at 9 o'clock on television, you came on and you said, uh, Millie's got to go, and the reason is that he talked to all of these reporters and uh, in a furtive way, a sly way, wasn't on the record, it wasn't publicized, and um, military commanders cannot do that. 
all right? So Millie says he's apolitical, and he's not. He knew that Woodward and all the other reporters cited were anti-Trump people. He knew that. And he talked to them uh, with a cloaked veil. He didn't come out and say, you know, I talked to Woodward last night, and this is what he was concerned about. He tried to hide it. And Woodward tried to protect them, but, of course, I got blown up. So just for that, Millie's got to go because, as Millie said, the military has to be apolitical. And, you know, I got a lot of mail about this lieutenant colonel who is now in the brig and going to be charged who came out to criticize. Yeah, by the way, his parents were on this show yesterday. Right. Well, as much as I sympathize with his point of view and agree with it, you cannot do that. If you are an officer of any military branch in the well, by the way, you know that he admitted it. Number one, Absolutely. Like he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't refute it. He posted it, but he also offered to resign. Well, he should have resigned before he did that. He should not. It would have have, he would be in less legal trouble, but I don't think he should be in the brig bill for pointing out well, the obvious. I probably wouldn't put him in the brig. But if you are going to say that a military has to be apolitical, you have to enforce it on both sides. And the, all the mail that I get that say, oh, no, you're crazy, O'Reilly, for saying this guy should be cashiered, what are they supposed to do? If you're not going to have a military, if you allow commanders to go and put political stuff on the table, that has to be done on chain of command. So anyway, getting back to military, Milley, he's got to go, and I think he will go, not immediately, but he burned Biden, and Biden knows that. And the only thing that could save him is if Milley has stuff on Biden, which he may. But in a uh, competent administration, you, have to, you can't have, and Austin's got to go, too, the Secretary of Defense, because his, he has no grasp of what happened in Afghanistan. He doesn't know. By the way, you do know yesterday he said there could be as many as 4,000 uh, Americans. Anything, he, he didn't know anything, He didn't know a thing. He didn't know anything, all right? Uh, Just well, it's a disaster, Bill. This is, is what a failed presidency looks like. That's well, my point. Wait, wait, but let's get specific. I'd like to keep it precise, all right? I'll keep so it as got precise a, as you want. You go. <laughs> okay. you got a Secretary of Defense who doesn't know what anything about Afghanistan, okay? You've got a Secretary of Homeland Security presiding over the biggest intrusion in our history on the southern border. Never been worse. And lying okay. about it? Yeah, whatever. Lying, misleading, you know, you put whatever word you want in there. But, and then you have a, um, a Justice Department that's presiding over a, a murder rate that's up 30%. So everything is collapsing under the presidency of Joe Biden. And this was this was a capper. And, and for all you people who voted for Biden, still sticking out for him, the question was lodged to Saki, the minister of propaganda, okay? Okay, so Biden's saying he got mixed advice on leaving a residual force in Afghanistan. So the three top commanders say, we told them, you got to leave these. But then Biden says, well, no, other people told me not to. Actually, and then Zaki, Bill, Bill he, he actually said, and I can play it for you. As a matter of fact, let me, let me play this montage. because I think right, but wait, really... wait, before, you, before you do that, just let me get to Saki so people don't forget it. So the question is asked, who were the people advising Biden not to leave anybody? And Saki goes, I can't tell you. Because there is nobody. 
You see, you picked up on a couple of key points here. One, Millie can't, can't, I assume Millie was tape recorded or he believes he might have been. Yeah. So that puts him in a box. So he had to sort of do this, you know, no spin zone, if you used to call it version, a spin zone version of admitting to the China conversation. He's parsing. Parsing words. Word of the day, Bill. We parse words, right? All right, Right. so he's trying to do that on the one hand. On the other hand, Biden is just outright lying because he said specifically, I don't recall anybody telling me that. Listen. My assessment was uh, back in the fall of 20, and it remained consistent throughout, that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500, and it could bounce up to 3,500, maybe something like that, uh, in order to move toward a negotiated gated solution. I will also tell you, though, that it's been my consistent position throughout this hearing and the hearing yesterday that I believe the appropriate level of our forces in Afghanistan should have been 2,500. If I had said we're going to stay, then we better be prepared to put a whole hell of a lot more troops in. But your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That, That wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, not at not in terms of whether we were going to get out in a time frame, all troops. They didn't argue against that. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. Not Nobody that said I recall. that to me. Yeah, not that I recall. And right, he can't so there's recall, the qualifier. Yeah, he can't recall what it said to him three hours ago. So, look, now let's advance the story. There isn't any doubt about it. You have a Secretary of State, Blinken, who doesn't know what he's doing. A Secretary of Defense who doesn't know what he's doing. A Secretary of Homeland Security who doesn't know what he's doing. And a President who can't remember what is said to him three hours ago. So this is an amazing disaster for the United States. And I'm coming at it from a historical point of view, not as a pundit. That's my other job. My history, I'm a historian and then I'm a contemporary pundit. But I'm coming at it from, have we ever seen this kind of an incompetence ever in the United States? And that is is the story now. So now let me give you one more compliment. And I hate to do that, Heather. You know how it pains me to... to By the way, just so everybody knows... It really does pain, Bill. This is this is the, now we're making his. He's a historian. He, we're oh, making history right now. Is, Two in a day. Go ahead, hit me with it. Okay. So at nine o'clock last night, because I'm the reporter that I am, I tuned into MSNBC, CNN, and Hannity on Fox simultaneously. <laughs> That's an art form in and of itself. All yes, right. But I'm an amazing man, as you know. <laughs> All right. So Maddow, she leads yesterday. With the January 6th Capitol attack. <laughs> of course. Did you know that? No, I don't watch this. Okay. Sh- I don't right, watch that shift. Are you that's kidding? That's what her lead story was. It wasn't Millie. It wasn't Biden misleading the country and the world. It wasn't any of that. It was going <laughs> back to January 6th. Yeah, of course. Okay. That's the only you line of what? defense they got. Yeah, that's NBC News. That's NBC News. Nine o'clock, prime time. That's what they lead with. And then you led with the story that should have been number one, because it these remember all of this testimony from the military people's under oath. It's under oath. Okay. 
So that was the main story by far. So one network reports it, and two networks don't. It's very now, interesting, because I'll show you how smart I am, Mr. O'Reilly. I read your commentary today that you had watched a lot of cable news shows last night, and everybody missed the story. Now, you could have put in your newsletter, except Hannity, but you didn't. Um, and you are 100% right, but I know that without ever having to watch these shows. I can't tolerate it, Bill. Uh, well, how the, you're able to do that is... The larger point is, though, here's the larger point I want to make on the Sean Hannity radio program. 670 stations now. Go ahead. Right. We're in trouble in this country. Okay, all of us, all 350 million, including the illegal aliens, we're all in trouble because the president of the United States cannot do his job and the people under him are incompetent. When you get that perfect storm of chaos, all people are going to be hurt. And and that's the point I'm trying to make. There's no debate any longer about it. I'm, I'm running out of time, but I want to add one final statement. And you gave me the only non-cupcake interview when I, my book came out. The title of my book, Bill, was Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. You are 100,000% right. But it's even you, yeah. bigger and and worse than that. I know it's you're not just the, the United clock. States. It's the entire world that is going to suffer with a weak United States. Well, the that's Chi- the problem. The Chinese aren't going to suffer. The Chinese are going to no, they're going to thrive. Beneficiaries, right? But yeah. I gave you a compliment last week, and I said that you were Paul Revere on TV and radio last fall, telling everybody, and exactly what you said is come true. All right, all things Bill O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com. Uh, we made history on the program today. I got three compliments from Bill O'Reilly. I, I don't even know how to handle it. I, it's, it's impossible. I, my 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 head can't wrap my arms around this. I'll try hard, Bill. It's sad everything you're saying, and but it's also true. But I'll say this. We've come through world wars, civil wars, depressions. We In 9-11, we're going to survive this. We need all hands on deck, Bill. 800-925 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. We'll get right to the phones. Big time, AJ, Houston, Texas, Joe Pags's best buddy. What's going on, big time? Big time, Sean Hannity. Hey, Sean, I'm so pillied right now, I can't. Them three treasonous, dirty rats on that television set that we watching, they asked this guy, general, well, when they took over the first town, uh, what, what, what were you doing talking about you being woke and this and that? You should have been trying to stop him at that point. And he sit there and looked like a deer in headlights. And I'm like, really? And the Democrats, John, as usual, as we see, you know, I'm kind of upset right now. But they sitting there asking these softball questions. And the Republicans pushing, but they not pushing hard like I want them to push them. They asked that, uh, the black guy, uh, I can't think his name. They said, well, um, who do you think is at fault for this debacle? You see well, you're talking about Lloyd up? Austin, um, the uh-huh. defense secretary. Yes, sir. Listen, you none see, of them know. I got quiet. That's what he did. Five, he looked like he went five minutes and was quiet. I'm like, dude, he asked you a question. Ain't you going to sit there and look like a, 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 a tap pole on a stick? I'm like, Really? Sean, 
Why are they doing this hearing if ain't nobody going to get charged? Somebody need to be charged for what these, 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 I'm going to call them treasonous. Yes, I did, people. What they did to get these people killed. And who is the rest of these people they let out of there? It sure ain't the ones that helped our troops and helped our country. Who are the rest of these people? I mean, they leaving them, be, uh, the sun behind, and who are they? We don't know nothing. And then they'll tell you, oh, well, no, uh, well, we can't give out this information. And then they trying to blame Donald Trump. Really? I mean, Sean, it's a debacle. Sean, hit him like a bad habit. Do not let up on this, because they're going to try to, and then they bring it up January the 6th. We're not talking about January 6th, which we know that y'all set that up. We're talking about Afghanistan when you got, oh, he said, the, oh. Did well, you they only care about one riot. About the they, they ignore the 535 riots that killed dozens of Americans and, and injured thousands of cops. Uh, they don't want to discuss that at all because that doesn't advance their narrative of hating Trump. Uh, and then they stack it with, you know, the most partisan, you know, never Trumpers like Liz Cheney, who's, you know, all over 60 minutes uh, acting wow. like, you know, she's far superior to any politician that's ever walked the face of the earth. And now she's in a partnership with the very people that called her father a war criminal, a murderer, yeah. uh, and accused him of... Uh, financial crimes at Halliburton. So, you know, good, good luck with that that policy, Liz, and I hope it works out for you. Uh, all right, big time. It's a mess. That's all I can say. Well, you know, you this is, this is, what, this is what a failing presidency looks like. This big is time. what a weak, frail, cognitive mess of a president looks like. This is what I was warning about. Live free or die, America and the world on the brink. We're all going to suffer. We're all suffering because of it. And you know what? We're not as suffering as badly as the 13 families that needlessly lost their loved ones. We're not suffering like those behind enemy lines today, but we're all suffering as a country. There's nothing this guy is doing that's working. And for whatever reason, he's gone hard, hard, radical socialist left. And I'm not even sure who's making the decisions anymore. Uh, this is, this is why it's not a joke. I said a number of months ago, I can't even joke about it anymore. Joe Biden's, you know, verbal gaffes, malaprops, you know, mind, you know, brain farts of that he's constantly having. It's not funny anymore. It's not funny because lives are in jeopardy here. Ian, New York, next, Sean Hannity show, the all new AM 710 WOR. What's going on? Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking my call, first of all. Um, I've been you. listening to you for years with my father. Um, I wanted to make a quick comment about the uh, um, the hearings yesterday. Um, I, unfortunately, have some Democrats in my family that still support this imbecile um, and still defend him to tooth and nail. Um, it's It really is kind of a disgrace that anybody can still defend him. Um, you know, even his own generals, they're un-American when, you, when it comes down to it. Well, I mean, you've got everybody. It's, it's now CYA time. My assessment was uh, back in the fall of 20, and it remained consistent throughout, that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500, and it could bounce up to 3,500, maybe something like that, uh, in order to move toward a negotiated, gated solution. 
I will also tell you, though, that it's been my consistent position throughout this hearing and the hearing yesterday that I believe the appropriate level of our forces in Afghanistan should have been 2,500. And there's one problem that they have here is that everybody saw it unfold in very slow motion. I might do this tonight on TV. I'm going to walk through. our. We have this time-lapse map that we lay out with the Taliban on the march and the specific dates and the geographical areas that they're taking over and when they took them over. And then the question actually came up today. Well, why didn't you act when you saw yeah. that they were on the march? There's no good answer. Well, you know, why did the no. CIA pull out seven weeks earlier? The CIA wasn't keeping this information private to themselves. They pulled out because they saw the inevitable happening. They were, uh, according to all of my sources, and I've been critical of the 1% in the intelligence community. I've always praised the 99% because the CIA did their job. They were they were basically short of screaming, you need to pay attention. They They did not pull out for no reason. They pulled out because they saw what was coming, and they didn't keep it to themselves. They shared it with Joe Biden. Joe Biden was apprised of this every day. Tony Blinken knew. The defense secretary knew. Milley knew. All of them knew. None of them acted. We had no idea that this would collapse in seven days. They didn't even ask the military until August 25th, six days before the deadline, uh, what they should do. Kabul fell on August, what, 15th, 10 days prior. The question is, why didn't they... When they had full control of Bagram, full control of Kabul, full control of Karzai International Airport, and yes, even the perimeter. Why, when they saw the Taliban on the march, didn't they stop them, number one, militarily? And number two, why didn't they expedite the withdrawal? They could have done it safely. Every American, all their family members, every green card holder, every ally, Every bit of military equipment we could have gotten out safely months in advance of them taking Kabul. And if they if he would have listened to the generals and kept the twenty five hundred people on the ground, if he would have followed the Trump plan, which was they would be obliterated if they ever went on the march. All of this was highly preventable. Now we've created a safe haven. So once again, Afghanistan is a safe haven for terrorists. And that means the plotting, the planning, the scheming for the next 9-11 is going on as we speak. And with all the people that they didn't vet, that they've allowed into the country, if I'm a betting man, which I kind of am, I bet on a light basis, but I'm a betting man. You want to bet me 100 bucks? I'll bet you 100 bucks. Um, I'm betting that probably they were infiltrated, the, the, the Afghanis that got on those airplanes, I would almost guarantee radical extremists infiltrated that population and are probably now in this country and that's called the sleeper cell and the sleeper cell at the right time is going to be activated and americans will die and the people we left behind what do you think's going to happen when isis or isis k or al-qaeda the new version or whatever caliphate is in charge and they get a hold of an american what do you think they're going to do? Um, I don't even want to say what I know is going to happen. I don't want to even say it. Because there are people that are listening to this program that have family members there that are in that situation. They're not stupid. 
you know, when what did I say privately to you, Linda, when when I can't talk about Gabby it, it's Petito private. came up, right? We had, you know, we had the family members on TV, the mothers and father and stepmom and stepdad, lovely people. And I felt so bad for them. This Brian laundry guy, you know, it, it was obvious what had happened. And I said, Linda, I've been doing this for 33 years. I said, am I wrong? And she looked at me and she said, no, you're not wrong. But I pray to God you're wrong. And I pray to God I'm wrong. Right. Did, did that conversation not occur? 100 percent. That's exactly yeah. how but it I said. Down. And, you know, you know, the exact examples I'm giving you here. I pray to God I'm wrong. I really mean it. I, w- I, I wouldn't be happier in my life if I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. Please, God, I wish make me wrong on this. There's no greater loss than the loss of a child. And what we're dealing with now is, is even more horrible. And the fact that these guys are testifying nice and cozy in front of the Senate while people are trying to get on airplanes and get their eight-year-old children out of a war-torn, terrorist-run nation, it's it's inexplicable. Yeah, that's right. But they can't land their plane, their chartered plane in America with American citizens on it. It's happening really? right now, boss. Right now. Yeah, and, and it will not be forthcoming if you need State Department approval to land in a third-party country and get people the hell out of out of Afghanistan, the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan, into a, a safe haven country where we can come and rescue you. But they'll try to take the credit. Don't 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 question <laughs> well, they that. Already, they already they tried to do that with Ronnie Jackson in yep. the case that he was involved in. Yep. I mean, it's only four people, but I'll take four every day. If we can get four a day, I'd be happy because that's four less people that are at risk of dying and being slaughtered and being decapitated. And having their bodies dragged around like Black Hawk Down. Remember Mogadishu? Anybody else remember these moments? Because I do. That's where I'm praying I'm wrong. Praying hard. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Back to our busy phones. Steve in California. Steve, how are you? Hey, good, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Just, I just want to say this actually completes my hat trick of my three favorite patriots I've officially spoken with now between you and Mark Levin and Andrew Willick. I love you guys. Uh, um, Andrew's a great guy. Mark's a great guy. It's uh, an honor to be even on the list. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but, yes, um, you know, I, I know this Afghanistan keeps coming up, but, it, it, you know, it's got to be it's, – it's, it can't go away either. And listening to, you know, two-faced Joe Biden, I always talk about he's a proud military dad, speaking of his son, and I'm not referring to his loser son, Hunter. I'm, I'm referring to Bo, and, and, you know, I'm not saying he was a bad guy, but, but for Joe Biden to treat the military the way he has and have a son who did serve in the military, it, it's, it's I, I don't even understand how one can do that. I mean, that's essentially he should, he, I don't even know how to say how, how he could, how he could, do what he's done. I mean, his son served in the military. Imagine if his son was there in the situation that, that they were they were put in. And now you take this uh, this Marine who served 17 years, five tours, and, and they've got him locked up for just for voicing his opinion. Uh, it's how, how does this happen under under this leadership? Or I mean, I don't even know. We shouldn't call it leadership. That that's laughable. But but how how do we get to this point? I I I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're raising great questions. You know, in the case of Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, he knew what he was doing. He he offered to resign. 
probably would have been cleaner if he resigned first and then put up the the viral videos. But even with that said, mm-hmm. this guy risked his life. He had six tours of duty, one for an entire year. And we're going to put this guy in the brig and not let him talk to his mom and dad. And now his, his poor mother on my program. I hate doing these interviews. I hate interviewing parents. I have gold star families. I, I, I didn't like interviewing Gabby's parents. But these stories have to be told. I find them the hardest interviews to do. I can interview presidents, prime ministers. I'll interview anybody. The ones I don't want to interview are people that I know are suffering and in pain, and I know I can't help them. I hate it. I want, but I, but it's important. Their stories need to be told. If we don't tell the story, no. If the parents don't speak, and I don't give them a platform like this, people aren't going to know about it. And meanwhile, the the public pressure, if it mounts and gets strong enough, they're going to capitulate and they're going to let this kid go. Leave him alone. He already lost his pension. We're crying out loud. Leave the kid alone. You know what he's guilty of? He told the truth. Now, I understand exactly. chain of command. I understand military order. I can I can respect them saying, okay, you broke the chain of command. You criticized your supervisor. You know what the consequences are. He's ready to accept that. He was ready to accept it. But you, you, we're now going to ignore the 17 years of service risking his life because he gave an opinion that was truthful and accurate they screwed this thing up so badly and it was all preventable and he's repulsed by it disgusted by it and is willing to give up his pension to speak out about it leave this kid alone let him go and retire they'll probably give him a dishonorable discharge good great well we'll find a job for the kid you know, he's not a kid. He's Absolutely. in his 30s. But to me, I guess if you're a kid if you're in your 30s. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. 